This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Today here on the show, we are going to be recapping this past weekend of Big 12 football. It was quite the weekend here um, in Big 12 country. We had one major upset, of course, that being Kansas State and Oklahoma. Texas barely squeaked by Texas Tech and avoids that stunning upset. But Kansas State, boy, how about those Wildcats? They get it done 38-35 on the road in Norman. That is definitely the storyline around college football uh, from the past weekend. Of course, you've got West Virginia falling to Oklahoma State. You've got Iowa State beating TCU in Fort Worth. And then you've got Baylor blowing out KU down there in Waco. What a weekend it was. Um, it was it was quite the day of football. Um, nothing short of, of, of excitement there in the Big 12 Conference. Um, before we get into these games here, though, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. I'd appreciate that very much. Stay up to date with everything going on around the Big 12 Conference. Second half of the show, we'll be getting into a little previews, a little bit of, a little bit of previews for this next weekend, but we have a lot to say um, regarding this past week in a Big 12 football. Um, we've got to start it off with that K-State-Oklahoma game. No question about that. That was the biggest game. Honestly, I mean, you've got Mississippi State and LSU, but other than that, this was probably the biggest game in the college football world from Saturday. Um I don't even know where to start with this game. There's a lot to talk about. Spencer Rattler, um, Skylar Thompson, you, know, you can talk about a lot of different things. But how about just the upset for Kansas State? You know, they do it last year. Um, with that being said, with, with, with last year's game, I think no one was even giving K-State a chance simply because Oklahoma um, would not be you know, snoo- you know, snoozing through the first half like they did last year. And they didn't. I mean, Oklahoma was the better team in the first half of this game. But Unfortunately for them, I, I think they pretty much just let their foot off the gas is essentially what, what, what went wrong with Oklahoma. You know, complacency maybe, you're up three touchdowns late in the third. I get it. You know, you just want to kind of hit cruise control and, and, you know, ride your way to victory. And that's not how things work in the Big 12, especially against an experienced quarterback like Skylar Thompson. You just can't do that. I mean, we looked at Baylor last year in basketball. That was a really good team halfway through conference play. And then they just kind of got complacent. I know this is we're looking at one game, you know, versus numerous games in basketball, so it's kind of apples and oranges. But you know, they 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 hit they hit cruise control. I mean, Oklahoma didn't necessarily do anything bad. Um, you know, some some dumb turnovers, sure. But you know, if this game would have went on for another quarter, I think K State wins it by two touchdowns. You look at last year. If that game would have went on for you know, three minutes, let's say, three minutes. If that game last year in, in Manhattan against, you know, Oklahoma K-State, if that game goes on for another three minutes, Oklahoma wins that game. Because Oklahoma last year was hitting snooze all throughout the first half. They finally woke up, and, you know, the onside kick that we remember from last year, if if that gets recovered, I guess if, if the penalty isn't called because they did recover it, if they get the ball back, Oklahoma wins that game. No doubt in my mind Oklahoma wins that game last year. But they don't. The story from this game, though, is the fact that Oklahoma, it was, it was completely opposite of, of last year. Completely opposite. A really good first half. And then they just kind of said, eh, we're checking out. We've got, you know, game coming up next weekend. I think, I think it's Iowa State. You know, we'll check out. I'm Spencer Rattler. I'm too cool for this. Um, speaking of Rattler, man, what the hell are we talking about with Heisman and best freshman in the country? What are we talking about here? I mean, it's it's lunatic. I mean, this dude is no different than three-fourths of the Big 12 quarterbacks. He's no different than Brock Purdy, 
no different than Charlie Brewer, Skylar Thompson, Sam Ellinger. He's no different than any of these other quarterbacks in the Big 12. I tweeted it out at halftime. I said something along the lines of, yeah, K-State's kind of shooting themselves in the foot. They're not playing well. But this Oklahoma team is not that good. And Spencer Rattler is also not that good. Some people agreed with me, but some people were calling me crazy. And then, of course, we see the second half, K-State wins the damn football game. <laughs> I mean, like, I was right. You can look at the, you know, the, the box score and say, sure, Rattler had a great day. He almost had, what, 400 yards and, like, four touchdowns, but he also had three interceptions, man. That's not good. Against a K-State defense that was extremely depleted, a K-State team, to even win this game, they were so depleted. I think Harry Trotter going out was a blessing in disguise for them. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, you know, Skylar Thompson was the better quarterback than Spencer Rattler in this game. I mean, you can make an argument, sure, his you know overall stats might be a little better. He had more yards, three more touchdowns than him. I get that, okay? I do. I mean, even the interceptions, you can point your finger and say, hey, the first one was a tip ball. You know, the last one was kind of in garbage time. I guess I shouldn't say garbage time, but it was, you know, the, the final desperation throw um, late in the game. But even if you're an elite quarterback like Spencer Rattler is supposed to be, you shouldn't be down by three and you shouldn't be forced to, you know, throw a, a prayer in the final moments of a game. But that's apart from the point. We can we can make an exception for that. The second interception, though, was just a terrible throw by Rattler. I'm like, what the, what was that? That was, so, I mean, overall, we can, we can point fingers. We can say this and that. The, the, the stats you know, sheet said this. It said that. We can do that all day long. That's fine. But what you can't deny is that K-State won the game. And what's not even mentioned, I believe it was a 13-point differential. I don't have the box score pulled up in front of me, but I think it was a 13-point differential from Skylar Thompson to, Oklahoma, to Spencer Rattler at the quarterback rating. That's, I mean, I would way more, I would base that way more than how many touchdowns you throw or how many yards you throw, okay? Skylar Thompson was the better quarterback in this game. I've been, if, if you know me, if you've listened to this podcast, if you've known me for a, a year or two, even if this is your second time listening, you, you probably know that I don't like Skylar Thompson. I just don't. I think he's not that good. I, I'm, I'm always very quick to point my finger at him. I've always been a critic. I, I admit that. And I was wrong. I was totally wrong, especially in this game. He was the better quarterback than Spencer Rattler. He won the game. I mean, you cannot make any argument for this you know, freshman who's apparently a nut job. I've been told by a lot of people to watch this, uh, you know, the show on Netflix of him. Uh, no, I'm not going to watch that show because I've, I've got better things to do. I saw him enough on Saturday. I don't want to see him anymore on Netflix, okay? I know he's probably, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, criticize him for who he is, but um, I've just heard that, you know, off the field, he's, you know, not the best leader. So being a quarterback is all about being a leader. Skylar Thompson was a leader in that game. I think if you go back two weeks ago, Skylar Thompson was not a leader against Arkansas State. He really wasn't. I saw some negative body language from him. But you go back to Saturday, he was a leader. He led his team to victory on the road against a top-five Oklahoma team where they no one gave them a chance. I certainly didn't give them a chance. No chance in hell. This, I mean, this, this game's not even going to be close. I was, you know, a moment away from turning off my TV and switching over to the, uh, you know, the TCU game in, in Iowa State game down there in Fort Worth because it was a, a three-score game, a three-touchdown game late in the third. I mean, going back to the, you know, the point, Oklahoma just let off the gas there. But, I mean, overall, Skylar Thompson's better than Spencer Rattler. I don't know about in four years from now, if we look at Rattler, if he's still at Oklahoma, sure, he's probably going to have a better career just because of, you know, the name on the front of his jersey. I get that. You're following Mayfield, you know, Kyler Murray. You're following, all, you know, even going back to Bradford or Landry Jones. You're following some great quarterbacks at Oklahoma. So there is a high expectation. I don't blame the media for hyping him up as much as they did because you need, you need someone to watch the games. You need a reason to talk about Oklahoma because it's Oklahoma. You know, they picked out Trey Young a few years ago. Trey Young just shot the ball a million times a game. He's a good player. I'm not trying to say he's not. But the media just chose him and said, hey, let's hype this guy up. You know, Buddy Heald, Buddy Heald's a great player. I guess I shouldn't even bring, bring up Buddy Heald because he didn't get as much attention as Trey Young. But the point here is that Oklahoma, you know, Spencer Rattler, I'm not mad at the media for, you know, singling him out and saying this is the best quarterback to ever live on the face of the earth. I'm not, you know, criticizing them for doing that because you've got to bring attention to Oklahoma. I'm criticizing people that say he's a good quarterback because he's not. I said it earlier. He's not any better than Skylar Thompson. Thompson played better than him. He won the game. You're a leader of the team. You win the game. 
We all know it. It's the first thing we learn when we're, when we're little. The quarterback is the most important position in, in pretty much all of sports, team sports. So to sit here and say that Rattler played a better game or is a better quarterback than Thompson, we've seen two freaking games from the guy against a Missouri State team that won one game last year in overtime, might I, might I add, but they win one game last year, so that's probably not a good team. I mean, conventional wisdom would say that, but I could be wrong. You never know. Maybe Rattler just beat a really good Missouri State team. Who knows? Fast forward to this week, though. They lose to Gay State, who, like I said, depleted. There's no excuse for that. You're not a good quarterback. I'm sorry, Spencer Rattler. If you're an Oklahoma fan listening to this, Rattler is mediocre, man. He is not that good. You can say all you want about the stat sheet. I mean, ESPN or college football, one of the, one of the Twitter accounts tweeted out one of his touchdowns. I mean, he just, he just lobbed it up to the receiver. The receiver made a great play. He just rolled out to his right and lobbed it up. I was like, what? Why is this on my Twitter feed? Why, why would anyone care about this? Who's the, who's the intern who tweeted this out? You know, that sort of deal. So, I mean, we could keep talking about Rattler for days, but I, I said it once, I'll say it again. I owe Skyler Thompson a big apology. Because I have always been a critic of him. Anyone who knows me knows that. <laughs> I am not a Skylar Thompson fan. Two weeks ago, I'll admit it, I was calling for Howard to come in. I, I admit that. I was wrong. I've got to give you know, Skylar Thompson all the credit in the world for that win over Oklahoma. I know Deuce Vaughn, who we've, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention him. Deuce Vaughn, how fun is this guy going to be? He's better than Rattler. He's way better than Rattler. He caught the ball four times, 129 yards. 129 yards on four catches. That dude, in four years from now, hot take here. You can, you can say it's a hot take all you want. Sure, fine. Vaughn's going to be better than Rattler. I mean, that guy's got it. He's only a freshman, a true freshman. Rattler's been in the system for a whole year, and he still can't get his act together against, you know, a, a team who just lost to Arkansas State, who's lost numerous players to COVID-19. So... I could rant all I want about that. I think I'll try to stick away from that. Um, other key moments in the game, though. I mean, Kansas State special teams did it again, you know, blocking some punts, getting it done. Um, that's what you need to do to pull off those upsets on the road. I mean, K-State is 3-2 and two over the last five games in Norman. How many teams can say that? They do it in 2012. They do it again. And then they do it, you know, this past season. It's, pre- it's pretty cool what we're seeing here out of Kansas State. And I-, I think we all, I mean, this season, this game right here, I guess I should say, kind of describes this season perfectly. No game is safe. Um, stick away if you're a betting man. I would just call this season a wash, man. <laughs> I mean, there's no predicting any of these games. And, and even in, late in the third quarter, I was like, like I said, I was about to turn off this game. Kansas State looked like they had no chance. We could talk about Blake Lynch as well. 50-yard field goal to essentially win the game. I know there was still a lot of time on the clock, but at the end of the day, excuse me, that, that was a game winner. So big day for him. He missed two field goals against Arkansas State. It was good to see him bounce back. Um, I, I mean, Oklahoma, I'm not trying to say K-State's the only team depleted in this game. Oklahoma is, I believe, running on a fourth-string running back, okay? So I'm not trying to say... But, I mean, you could say that all you want, man. During these COVID times, you could point your fingers and say this. You can point your fingers and say that. But Oklahoma had their starting quarterback, and they could not beat Skylar Thompson. And I, I feel like I should say it a third time. Skylar Thompson, I'm sorry. You deserve that win. Kansas State deserved that win. I mean, Thompson, I don't want to be critical of him right here, but he didn't do, like, a ton. I mean, he missed Malik Knowles, and Malik Knowles was very quiet in that game. He misses Malik Knowles on the throw that hit him, I guess, in the hands of the chest. It's a ball that you should have caught if you're Malik Knowles. But at the same time, you know, if you're Skylar Thompson, you, you've got to make a little bit of a better throw because that's a walk into the end zone if it's a catch by Knowles. So the, I'm not saying he was perfect because he was far from perfect. He had some bad throws. Um, but overall, I, I don't know if, if Thompson was necessarily, like, amazing. He did. He made the necessary plays to win the football game. That's what, that's what he did. Set himself up for success, you know. He was he kept on saying in the in the in the uh, you know the post game conference press conference he kept you know just kept saying it's a blessing man to have this opportunity, it's a blessing and it really I mean he made the most of it. So 
Last thing I think we'll talk about with this game, um, Deuce Vaughn. I guess not even Deuce Vaughn, but the the absence of Harry Trotter. What a blessing, man, for Kansas State. Harry Trotter, going back to last year, he fit well with it being um, a, a three-headed monster, so to speak, okay? Now that he was supposed to be the main running back, you know, it's just not working out. I guess uh, at least what we saw against Arkansas State, okay? We only saw one game out of him. But what we did see, it, it just wasn't working out. He He's not an elite running back. If he's getting 10 carries a game or something like that, maybe even 5 or 10 carries, sure, that's fine. But he's not an RB1. I mean, I think a great comparison you could make to you know Xavier Sneed in basketball. He's a pretty good player, right? When he was behind Barry Brown, Camp Stokes, and Dean Wade, three leaders, he was great. He was a great role player. Then when those guys are gone and he's you know kind of supposed to step up to the plate, last year we saw K-State win only three games in the Big 12 in basketball. So I'm not saying he's bad at all, but I'm just saying he's more of a role player than a star player. Deuce Vaughn's the star player on this team. Harry Trotter is the role player. So I understand he's older, he has more experience, I get that. But Deuce Vaughn, if you want to win games, you've got to just keep giving him the ball. I mean, you've got to you got to give him the ball in more ways than one. You've got to give him screen passes, you know, set him up on you know on the outside, give him some passes, give him some touches, give him some sweeps, give him some you know pitches, everything you can. If I'm the coaching staff, I'm pulling up every single play Tyreek Hill <laughs> has ran at Kansas at, at Kansas City at the, at the Chiefs, and say, hey, Deuce, do that. You've you've got to involve him, Debo Samuel with the 49ers. You've got to involve him in this offense if you want success. That kind of wraps things up with that game. I mean, I, I've, I've pretty much covered all bases there that I've wanted to. Um, Spencer Rattler is overrated. He's not that good. He's fine. Like, I'm not saying he's bad. He's just he's average. He's mediocre. He's an average Big 12 quarterback at this point in time. Okay, I cover recruiting for Go Power Cat, specifically basketball recruiting, but I've been a fan my whole life of, of sports in general. I mean, how often do we see recruits? It just doesn't work out. I'm not saying he's going to transfer after this game or anything like that, but how often do we see it where a recruit, things just don't work out? A five-star recruit, you know, one of those well-sought-after recruits. How often does it just not work out? It happens a lot, man. It happens a lot more than you think. Sticking around the Big 12, look at KU basketball. How many times have they had one of those five-star recruits come in, and they're supposed to be the next big thing, and it just doesn't work out? A couple guys, you know, Xavier Henry. Like, where, where did he even go? Josh Shelby. Like, these guys, it just doesn't work out for some people. I mean, heck, go back to, what, two years ago, Quentin Grimes? KU fans hated him. They wanted him out of, <laughs> out of Lawrence. So it's crazy how much things can change, okay? People get it wrong. The experts, the recruiting analysts, they can get it wrong. They're not perfect. I'm not trying to say Rattler, they got it wrong with him, but I'm just, tr- I'm, I'm just saying he's not that good. That's, that, that was not a five-star recruit at all that I saw out there. You give him the brains of Lincoln Riley and that Oklahoma coaching staff, and he can't beat Kansas State at home when they're so depleted, and you're going to try to call him an elite quarterback? Give me a break. Give me a break. I think we'll wrap it up and talk about a different game because I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. Um, speaking of beating a dead horse, I think it's a nice little segue into Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Um, I think we should actually talk about Texas, Texas Tech, though, because that is that was a that was a heck of a game. Texas, you've got some real issues down there in Austin. Uh, if you're if you're Sam Ellinger and Tom Herman, you've got some big problems, and th- that's got to be fixed, man. Texas did not deserve to win this game at all, at all, zero. Texas should have lost this game, and I feel really bad for Texas Tech. I really do. Bowman looks like just a, a great kid. Played his heart out out there in in Lubbock, and it sucked to see them lose. It really does suck to see that team lose. But Texas didn't deserve to win. I mean, all you got to do is recover the the onside kick. <laughs> it hit the it hit the Texas Tech guy in the hands, and it went right through him. And then boom, Texas recovers. And once Texas recovered that onside kick, y- you knew it was over. I mean. You knew it was over. Texas was winning that game 100%. But you go back to, in real time, probably 10 minutes prior, maybe 10 minutes prior, Sir Roderick Thompson bursted out, what was it, like 75 yards or something, a huge touchdown to put him up 15 points with, like, what, three minutes to go. 
I mean, how do they lose this game? Texas did not deserve to win this game at all. If you missed what happened, Texas, of course, got the ball back. They score. They get it within eight points, and then they get the onside kick. And then they recover it. They score. They get the two-point conversion. They win it in overtime. So, I mean... I don't. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you saw the highlights of this on Twitter or something because that, those were some crazy plays at the end. But if you're Texas, you've got a lot of problems, not just on the defensive side of the football, but the offensive side of the football as well. You're probably saying, what? Wait, where? How? What? 63 points? We've got offensive problems? What are you talking about? Well, okay, you. I get that. But you also got a couple big special teams plays, some interceptions that set your offense up. Um, if those don't happen, that's what, 15, 20 points off the board, maybe? So still, but I mean, this Texas Tech team, you can't be that. That can't be a game. So I guess the you know the offense. I mean, I'm gonna have a hard time arguing that one. I I get that, but I guess it's more of a team problem when you're only beating Texas Tech by a touchdown when you should have lost. I'm not trying to bash Texas Tech at all because I see some I see some optimism with that offense. They're, the future is bright with Bowman under center. I think he played well. He, I mean, obviously, he put up 56 points. That offense has put up almost 100 points in their first two games. I mean, they're, they're looking good. I mean, obviously, Houston Baptist, whatever that team was, not a good team. So they barely squeak by them. But, I mean, during these COVID times, the proof is in the pudding. Anything can happen. So if you're a Texas fan, you know, buckle up. You've got a long, you know, this, is, this, this could be a long season. And I know you can't push the panic button after one game, because they looked really good in game one. Um, they were one of the few Big 12 teams to actually look good in, in their first game. But Texas Tech, you've got to be optimistic. Even though you lose this game, you know, I know there's, you know, some coaches say there's no such thing as a moral victory, but you've got to take away the positives. Your offense was clicking. You kind of just let Texas get the best of you, because Texas is the bigger school, the bigger name. You know, once the game got close in the end, you could tell Ellinger and that team, they just kind of had, they had it in them. They they knew that they could win this game. Once it started getting close, Texas Tech was like, oh boy. And I saw, I think it was it was Bowman or it was someone on Texas Tech was putting the horns down <laughs> up after the after the touchdown run to make it a 15 point game. I was like, oh boy, don't speak too soon because it's never over. I mean, what is with these with these Texas? I mean, we go back to the Cowboys game a few weeks ago against the the, the Falcons. How in the hell did they win that game? You know, sports are crazy, man. Especially during these times, sports are crazy. I mean, that's kind of all I have to say about that Texas game. Um, you've got you've to fix it on both sides of the football. Tackling, that's Roderick Thompson. I haven't even mentioned that. That huge touchdown run he, he bursted out, that was all poor tackling. I mean, literally, three or four guys were wrapped up on him, and he just spun out of there, and boom, he was gone to the end zone. So, I mean, you just, you've got to learn on the basics. I think the, the defensive line for Texas as well has to get some more pressure on the opposing quarterback. But overall, you've got to be concerned if you're playing a close game against Texas Tech. And I'm not trying to bash Texas Tech, but when you're Texas, you're supposedly ranked at the time they're ranked number eight in that game. That was not a top 10 team at all. Same thing with Oklahoma. That was not a top 20. That that wasn't even a ranked team. That was just average football from Oklahoma. Same thing goes for Texas. Those were not impressive games. The Big 12 is wide open. I mean, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure, but this race is open. I mean, that that game against your Sunbelt team, whoever you played game number one, doesn't really matter. I mean, look at Iowa State. Look at K-State. I mean, KU obviously lost, but having a short memory is going to be very key in this season because there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. If you're you know, a K-State or Iowa State fan, you're hoping that you're down um, your, your lowest point was already reached there in week one or week two. Week, whatever the first week in the Big 12 football was. I can't keep them straight. That's kind of it for the Texas-Texas Tech game, though. We'll move on here to Oklahoma State-West Virginia. Um, speaking of beating a dead horse here, um, Oklahoma State, man, it wasn't ugly. You barely get the win. But you do. You get a, I mean, you get a win. Um, if you haven't checked out my article on GoPowerCat.com, um, the, the 10 to 12 top 10, go go check that out. We, we kind of rank all these teams. And Oklahoma State was number one. And it was hard. It was hard to pick a top team because, okay, you, I'm, I'm never a fan of, 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 of just saying, hey, Team A beat Team B, therefore Team A is better than Team B. Like, I don't think that's true. Like, I don't think that 
by the time the season's over, as much as I hate to say it, I think Oklahoma's going to be the better team than Kansas State. You know, I think TCU's got a lot of potential. We'll talk about that in just a minute if Duggan's playing. A lot of potential to be better than Iowa State. But at this point in the season, as much as I hate to do it, you've kind of just got to go by who's beating who. Um, Oklahoma State, you've got Baylor. I mean, that's it. you got Texas who uglyly, uglyly, ugly, is that a word? Uglyly, ugly? They, it was not pretty in their win against Texas Tech. So I would have a really hard time putting them atop the Big 12 standings. Okay, Baylor, you only we haven't seen much out of that team. You barely, I mean, you beat Kansas, that's your only game. We've got nothing to really sample off of. Oklahoma State, I think the biggest thing that I'm holding on to with them, they're 2-0 and they've done it without Spencer Sanders. Okay, we record these podcasts early in the week, but all signs are pointing towards Sanders being a go on Saturday. So, I mean, if, if he's back and you're 2-0, and you, you weathered the storm. And West Virginia is not a bad team at all. I've been high on them. Um, I think they've got a lot of potential to do some things this year in the Big 12. Um, and I mentioned this on the article as well on Go Powercat. If you're a West Virginia fan, you, you've got to be just saying, man, I wish we could just get this game back. Because West Virginia, believe it or not, they controlled the time of possession. They had more total yards than, than Oklahoma State did. So you, you, you did those things correctly. Obviously, I'm not trying to take away anything from, from what Oklahoma State did because they played a well football game. They deserved to win that game. They made the necessary plays to set themselves up for a win. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But if you're Oklahoma State, you've, or if you're West Virginia, I beg your pardon, you, you've got to be pretty optimistic. You've got to take away the positives from these games. Because you were in it. I mean, obviously you lose it by, what, 27-13. I get that. A 14-point game, you know, looking at the box score or even you know the score of that game alone, you're going to be saying, nah, Oklahoma State probably controlled it throughout. And West Virginia, it was almost just like you were so close yet so far. They were always one punch away, but they could never actually land that punch. So it was, you know, they were one step behind, but they were within the game for pretty much the entirety of it until the very end. Um, in the second half, though, they've got to capitalize, though. I was watching this game. They've got to capitalize on those opportunities that they've got inside of enemy territory. You can't be leaving three points on the board. You've got to get seven, especially late in the game, on the road against a good Oklahoma State team. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, you, you've got to just you've got to make the plays. And West Virginia, I keep saying this, but you've got to look back and say, we had a chance to win this game. Let's not let it you know, define our season. Let's come back next week and, and, and come out strong and try to win. You know, They've got potential. I like this West Virginia team a lot. I think it's also worth noting that Illingworth didn't necessarily do amazing, but he still, you know, he got his team a win without Spencer Sanders for a second straight week. Um, Juba Hubbard, though, he was not having the best control with the football in that game. L.D. Brown came in, had 11 carries, 103 yards with a touchdown. So I'm not saying Hubbard's not an elite quarter running back, pardon me, because he is. But at the same time, man, I mean, Hubbard, I mean, they, you've got you've to perform. Um, you've got to perform up to your expectations. You know, just because you're the starter doesn't mean you are the starter. You've got to earn it. You've got to make sure that that you're doing everything you can to keep that position. You've got to perform well. You've got to practice well. You've got to work for that as much as you can. Um, and, and Hubbard had some, you know, he, he was not smart with the football. So I'm not saying he's not going to be the, the, the running back number one for Oklahoma State. I'm not saying that at all because <laughs> that's false. But overall, Hubbard's got to be a little bit better. Um, he's got to, you know, especially with Sanders. Sanders. Sanders will be coming back, so I guess I shouldn't say this, but if Sanders – Something changes late in the week and he doesn't come back. Hubbard's really got to take that workload and put it upon himself to make those plays. Talon Wallace did what he did, six receptions, 78 yards. Okay, we know he's going to do that. Talon Wallace is a baller. So that's pretty much it that we've got. 27-13, like I said, was the final down there in Stillwater. Pretty good game for the, the Cowboys, given the circumstances with, with, with Spencer Sanders. We'll keep an eye on that, of course, throughout the week. But if he can be a go... I think that's a pretty good Oklahoma team, Oklahoma State team, pardon me, and that's why I've got them at the top. I know I said it earlier, but, I mean, who else? Really, who else? K-State already lost to Arkansas State, so you can't put them up there at number one. Texas looked ugly against Texas Tech. Baylor, I mean, they. it's only one game, and it was against Kansas. We don't know what that team is. Everyone else has a loss. 
Kansas State even has a loss, but they beat Oklahoma, so that's where the argument comes in for that one. But, you know, you can't really put anyone else up there. So Oklahoma State at this point in time, I like them at number one. But moving forward, um, if Sanders is a go, we've got to keep an eye on that and see how much of a difference he makes to that football team. Next game we'll talk about here is Iowa State and TCU. 37-34, the final score down there in Fort Worth. Um, most definitely, 100%, the biggest storyline from this game is Max Duggan. Um, was not expecting to even see him, you know, what was it, two weeks ago? We didn't think we would see him at all this season. He's cleared to play. Of course, this was the first glimpse we caught at TCU this season. Um, I think there's a lot of optimism here, and I'm not trying to, you know, just create all this positivity for these teams. Ooh, you get a, you know, you get a trophy here. I know I said it for West Virginia, but I think the same thing can be said for, for TCU. This team, I mean, Max Duggan, if he plays quarterback for all four quarters, they don't lose this game. They don't. <laughs> I mean, Duggan looked pretty good. 16 for 19, 241 yards, three touchdowns for Max Duggan. Pretty good. But they didn't give him the football until the second half. So at that point, it was it was almost just too late. And hindsight's twenty twenty. I get that. I'm not trying to, you know, blame Coach Patterson. He's a great coach, but... You've gotta, you've gotta know. I mean, Downing didn't play good. Eleven for twenty-one, hundred and fifty-nine yards, only one touchdown in the first half. A forty-one quarterback rating. Duggan was up at sixty-eight point seven. So sixty-eight. That's not even that good. I mean, that's okay. Not not bad. Brock Purdy played well though. Seventy-seven quarterback rating. But I mean, the the base of this story though is Duggan moving forward. That's a pretty good TCU football team. I would be concerned to play them if Duggan. I mean, not to mention he rushed it 11 times, only got 11 yards out of that. But still, I mean, he can do it all. And I, 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 I hate to say it, but, I mean, what was it, 27 to 21, I believe, was the, the score in the second half. TCU outscored him. So the defense has kind of got to do a little bit better than that. But, I mean, the Horn Frogs only scored a touchdown in the first half. If Duggan's in there, that's not the case. As for Iowa State, though, I mean, you know, Brees Hall, three touchdowns on the ground. He did what he does. I mean, he's, he's a good player. Brock Purdy, I mean, he probably played better than Spencer Rattler. I mean, you can say that a lot um, with a lot of these quarterbacks. Max Duggan, his second half was probably <laughs> his second half was way better than Spencer Rattler's second half. Okay, way better. So, I mean, the moral of the story in this weekend, like I keep saying, no game is safe. We never know what the hell is going to happen in this Big Twelve conference. We never know what is going to happen. But for Iowa State, I mean, same thing goes for the Wildcats of Kansas State. Give them credit. Okay, you lose an ugly game in week one to a Sun Belt opponent. I mean, that's just the epitome of brutality right there. But you come back in, in, in game number two, and you get a win. It wasn't pretty. I mean, we saw, goodness gracious, man, Brock Purdy. I'm, I'm sure you saw this on Twitter. If not, I encourage you to go look it up on YouTube. I mean, he was getting sacked. He's getting brought down. And quite honestly, I think the officials might have, they should have just blown this play dead, but they didn't. So the, so the play keeps going. He's wrapped up, essentially. And he just freaking tosses the ball up into the air. It's like he's, it's like he's playing a game of 500 in the schoolyard. You know, 500 alive. You know, he just literally just chucks this thing up into the air, backwards behind his line of scrimmage, over towards the far sideline, and it's caught for a TCU pick six. I mean, it was just like, what the heck? So I mean, you take that away, that's another touchdown. So, I mean, it really wasn't the best of games for Iowa State or TCU for that matter. But I think moving forward. If you're Iowa State, you got the win. If you're TCU, you've got Duggan coming back. He's your quarterback, no doubt about that. And I think after this weekend, I'm I'm optimistic for TCU that this is Max Duggan's team. We had you know going on last year with Alex Dalton, all those issues of you know who's going to be the quarterback. This is his team. I think his future looks bright, and if he can stay healthy, um, and, and seriously, we're we're glad to see him back. We're glad to see he's healthy, cleared to play. You know, he's had this medical, his heart condition, whatever it was, his whole life. And they just discovered it. So he's good to keep playing. Good to see that for the young guy. Um, and, and we're excited to watch TCU play this football season in the Big 12 Conference. Last game here, I think we'll spend no more than 30 seconds on it. Kansas and Baylor, 47-14. to 14. I mean, we've already talked about Baylor with a few comments in here, but we, we don't know what to see out of them, okay? They looked good. You know, you know everything was fine. I mean, there wasn't no, nothing that really stuck out to you 47 14 that's what we expected from this game I mean the one thing you could you could say is hey good job Baylor you got the win you know Oklahoma and and Texas barely but you won the game you're supposed to win 
not many teams in the Big 12 can really say that. Iowa State barely beat Tulsa. You know, Oklahoma State, pardon me, Oklahoma State barely beat Tulsa. Iowa State barely beat Louisiana. You know, Texas barely beats Texas Tech. Oklahoma loses to Kansas State. Kansas State loses to Arkansas State. Those games you're supposed to win, no doubt in your mind, a lot of these teams struggled in great ways. So as much as Baylor, I mean, we don't know what to expect from this team. They still won the game, and they were pretty impressive in it. So that's about all we've got to rack up this weekend in the Big 12. A a heck of a weekend. I mean, it was looking like Texas was going to lose. I mean, I think it was like a 99.8% chance. I looked at the ESPN you know, matchup predictor. They somehow pulled something out of their rear end and won the game, but Oklahoma was not as fortunate. Like I said, 38-35. Excuse me, no one no one was expecting that in Manhattan. I certainly wasn't. I mean, even, you know, like I said, late in the third quarter, no one was expecting Kansas State to even have a chance to compete in this game, and it was looking like that at halftime. You know, they're down only two touchdowns, but, you know, once Oklahoma State went up three, Oklahoma went up three scores, you're thinking, no way, this game's over. Kansas State somehow was able to pull off the upset. Of course, you got Texas and Texas Tech um, with a Longhorn victory. You've got Iowa State and TCU as the Cyclones were able to pull it out. You've got Oklahoma State, West Virginia. The Cowboys win it without Spencer Sanders. And you've got, of course, Kansas and Baylor as the Bears were able to cruise their way to victory. We'll take a quick break here on the podcast. In the second half, we'll be talking some predictions and a little analysis for the upcoming games we've got coming up next weekend in the Big 12 Conference. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am Ryan Gilbert. Second half of the show coming up your way. We're going to be previewing this upcoming weekend in the Big 12 Conference. Kicking us off at 11 a.m. You've got TCU and Texas. You'll catch that one on Fox. You've got Baylor and West Virginia also at 11 a.m. out there in Morgantown. That one's on ABC. In the 2.30 slot, you've got Oklahoma State traveling to Lawrence, Kansas. That one will be on ESPN. Also at 2.30, you've got Texas Tech and Kansas State on FS1 in the little Apple wrapping up things. In the night slot, you've got Oklahoma and Iowa State up there in Ames, 6.30 on ABC. So it should be a fun weekend of Big 12 football. Um, we'll start it off there with that that late game, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Um, currently, the Lions have got it at about Oklahoma for about six and a half, seven points for the Sooners. And that, I mean, that that's a tough game to really get a read on. Um, Oklahoma... You've, you've got to assume they're not going to play the way they did against Kansas State. Um, and not even just talking about Rattler, but just getting you know settled with a lead and, and calling it quits for the game. Um, I think the Sooners are going to win this game. Um, and that's not any disrespect to Iowa State, because this is one that I really was back and forth on. You know, I was on the fence with this game. And it's tempting to pick you know Iowa State to win this game. Um you know, because they 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 looked pretty good in that week one matchup, but it's still yeah, it's still Iowa State. You know, the mediocrity. You know, the seven and five record if you're playing twelve games. You know, it's hard to pick that team. It really is. So I think Oklahoma. It's the um, the close bet in this game. It, the close bet. That I say. It's the safe bet. Okay, this is the one. 
that I, obviously I'm staying away from this game. I'm not going to place any money on on this one if I'm a betting man, just because of what's going on this season. Oklahoma. I mean, this could be a, an Iowa State win by a couple touchdowns, but I think Oklahoma actually will win this game by a couple touchdowns. 41-24 um, would have to be my prediction in this one. You don't know what you're getting, but I think the the safer option of the two would be to pick Oklahoma. Seven points, I think, is a little low. I think you've got some value there There, if you're betting. Give it for Oklahoma. You know, give them a chance. Try to win some money. But if I, would, you know, if I was a betting man, I would probably just stay away from this one altogether. But, I mean, overall, this game, it means a lot for both teams. You've got Oklahoma. Like I said, they're coming off an embarrassing loss. They've still got high hopes. They're ranked number 18 right now. They dipped back 15 spots. After that loss, of course, you've got other teams coming into the rankings and stuff like that. But, you know, they, they need this win. They need to get a win to get their season right back on track and, and right the ship to try to make it back to the college football playoff just so they can lose in the first round. But, you know, that's not the part of the story. The, the, the story here is they need to get a win. And Iowa State, I'm not saying that they – how do I word this? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that they – have they don't have hope for the season, but you know Iowa State's not going to go to the college football playoff or anything like that. So this is essentially just another game to them. Obviously, Oklahoma's coming into town definitely is a bigger game in that aspect. But in the grand scheme of things, they've already taken an L, you know, to Louisiana. I don't think that they really are, you know, with this, you know, COVID concerns going on. I don't know if it's really um, a game that they're going to be locked in and trying, you know, to. To necessarily write the season, you know, Oklahoma is going to be doing that, no doubt about it. And of course, Iowa State's going to be, you know, trying to win this game. I'm not trying to say they're not. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying Oklahoma's probably going to be a little bit more locked in than Iowa State. That's my guess, and it could be the exact opposite. Oklahoma could still be hungover from that loss on Saturday. They could come out, craft the bed. Iowa State could win this game by a couple touchdowns. But I think, in my mind, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley's not going to let that happen again. Rattler is. Going to try to get his first Big 12 win as a Sooner. Um, I, I, I think Oklahoma can get it done. I'm not insanely confident that that's going to be the, the case in this football game, but I think if there is sort of a you know simulation in my mind, it's that Oklahoma State comes out firing. Pardon me, Oklahoma comes out firing, and they win this game by you know a couple touchdowns, and they don't even look back. You know, it's going to be over within the first couple of possessions. It's going to be clear it's going to win this game, kind of like we saw with Kansas State how that game looked like it was over for you know Oklahoma K-State, and then pretty much Oklahoma just said, hey, we're done. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they've got their wake-up call for the year. They're going to go into to Ames and get a win. So I've like, I, I like the Sooners 41-24 to 24 there in Ames. I think the next game we'll talk to uh, talk about here is, is TCU in Texas. Okay, currently a 13-point favorite are the Longhorns, and I think that is way too high. Um, I know that we shouldn't be... We shouldn't be basing things off of one game, and I get that. I'm, even though I am, <laughs> I, I, we shouldn't be doing it. But I am. You look at Texas last week. That was not pretty. It was ugly. It was embarrassing. If you're a Texas fan, how do you watch that game? I mean, TCU looks pretty good. If I'm a betting man, I'm taking the Horn Frogs for sure to cover the spread. I might pick them straight up. In fact, I would. Um, I think TCU wins this game 31-30. I think it's going to be a close game. Texas is going to struggle. I think that's a team. I mean, Texas, I think we saw two different teams here, okay? Like Texas and Texas Tech last week, that was the game all throughout. Texas Tech should have won that game. They didn't play well the whole game. 60 minutes or however much time was in overtime. They didn't play well. Oklahoma played pretty well in the first half, like I said, and they and they just kind of let off the gas. You look at Texas, that's a team, that's a team that really just didn't play well. Straight up. They didn't play well. So I like TCU to pull off the upset in Austin to get the win. I don't know what's telling me that, but I think it, it, I'm kind of just reiterating the same point I made in the first half. You know, you've got Max Duggan, who's going to play well. He's going to play well. If he plays the way he did on Saturday against you know Iowa State, he's going to play well. And if he's the quarterback for your full 60 minutes, you give him – you know, a full week of practice, prep work, game study, you know, game film, all of that, all that stuff. I think that he is going to lead his team to the upset in Austin. 31-30 is my score. But you look at the, I mean, the value in picking TCU just to cover the spread here. They're 13-point underdogs, man. 
like I said earlier, if, if, if Duggan plays the whole game, they win that game against Iowa State. They do. 100%. Texas, I mean, they should have lost to Tech. I mean, I get it if it's a one touchdown or a three or four point, you know, spread. But 13 points, give me TCU all day. I still think they're going to pull off the upset. But even if they don't, I love them to cover the spread. But give me, give me them money line. I like TCU to win this game. Um, we've kind of, you know, the impacts of this game, you've got Texas who essentially hasn't lost a game. I, I mean, they haven't, you know, factually speaking, but <laughs> I've said it a million times. They should have lost to Texas Tech. So you look at TCU, this is, you know, really their, let's get back into this, you know, season. We, 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 this was our first game. We got it out of the way. We lose, you know, a close one to Iowa State. Let's come back and let's get a win. I like TCU 31-30 out there in Austin. Right back home here, K-State and Texas Tech. I think K-State's got this one um, just based on that last performance. And conventional wisdom would probably tell you this game's going to be a shootout based on what Texas Tech's offense has done this season as well as you know simply Kansas State being shorthanded on defense. We don't know the numbers of COVID. We don't know who's going to be back next week. But still, I mean, Kansas State's offense has been probably better than their defense. I know their defense came up big and made some stops in the second half of that game, so I'm not trying to say that they didn't do anything special, but my point here I'm making is I think conventional wisdom tells you this game would be a shootout. I think it's going to be moderately high scoring. I don't think it's going to be anything like Texas Tech's game last weekend. I like Kansas State 35-28 to to pick up a win here in this football game. It's a two-and-a-half point spread. I think Kansas State's going to cover that as well. 230 on FS1. I mean, you, you just can't be emotionally drunk coming out of this game. You can't let the win against Oklahoma affect you. Um, you know, last year, I don't know who they lost. I mean, they lose to West Virginia a matter of games after. I don't believe it was the game directly after Oklahoma. But, you, you know, you can't be doing that. It might have been. Actually, fact-check me on that. But you can't let these games affect you. You can't get too high on yourself. I mean, it happened last year with Kansas State with Mississippi State on the road. Kansas State... You know, Chris Kleiman comes in out of nowhere. Who is, we're all just like, who is this guy? They start the season 3-0. They beat Mississippi State on the road. <laughs> and they looked pretty good. There was a lot of hype around that team. Kansas State got very high on themselves last year after that, after that moment. They turn it around. They go to Stillwater, and they crap the bed. Honestly, one of the worst games I've ever seen. Um, as a K-State fan. You know, this was a year ago. I, I went down there with my friends, and we just watched it, you know, at the stadium, Boone Pickens. As, a, as fans, we were like, holy crap. That was bad. I know there was a weather delay and stuff in that, <laughs> in that game in Stillwater, but Kansas State did not look good. And then the next game after that, they lose to Baylor at home. So I'm not saying, you know, it's two different situations here, but you can't be too high on a victory. You've got to come back. You've got to be humble. You've got to come back and win that next one and to win you've got to work you've got to put in you know all the practice all the hours I think Kansas State will do that um honestly I think that this game I think Kansas State's going to run away with it but I'm also um there's kind of a a doubt in the back of my mind that's just lurking there that's saying hey this game's going to be close so I think K-State wins it by a touchdown they cover the spread they get the win they move to 2-0 in conference play Texas Tech um you know I I think there's a I think Texas Tech's going to play a good game I mean, they've got nothing to lose. They've already lost, and they should have lost to, I guess I shouldn't say they should have lost, but they almost lost to <laughs> Houston Baptist. So it's like, I'm not saying the season's a wash, but it's like, go play. Go play the game and see what happens. I think Texas Tech's going to come out firing, but Kansas State, we've seen this team has potential. Okay, after that Arkansas State game in Week 1, you're thinking no way in hell they're going to have a chance to even compete in the Big 12 this year. They're back. They were shorthanded, and they're back. Even if they're shorthanded again. Kansas State's going to make it a game. I like them, 35-28 over Texas Tech. Next game we'll get into, um, we've got Baylor and West Virginia. 27-21 is the score I like for this one. West Virginia um, currently is the underdog by three points. I think they can get it done, though. Um, I've said it a million times. I'm high on this team. I mean, you've got value there. I think it's kind of a toss-up game. We don't know. I've said it a million times here. We don't know what we're getting out of Baylor. We don't know. I think we know what we're getting out of West Virginia. If they can get over the hump, they can climb that hill. I like the Mountaineers to get a win um, and give Coach Aranda his first loss there down there in Waco. So 27-21 is my final. I could see it being a blowout either way. I really could. Um, But being conservative here, I think it's – we're going to predict it to be a close game, but I could easily see Baylor 
just being high on that on that win. You know, being very confident after that after that game one against Kansas and running away with it. I could also see West Virginia just saying, "Hey, we want to get a win. We just we should have beat Oklahoma State. Let's get a win." So I could see it going either way. But overall, West Virginia, I think they can pull off the slight upset at home, 27-21, out there in Morgantown would be my prediction. Last game here, certainly the least um, interesting game that we've got coming up this weekend, Oklahoma State on the road at Kansas. Give me Oklahoma State all day. It's currently a 21-point spread for the Cowboys. Give me that. Give me that all day. I think 55-3 to is the score I've got for this one. Kansas has not shown us anything. COVID or not, I, they're not a good team no matter what the circumstance is. And until they can show any sort of sign of you know, optimism, I like Oklahoma State to win this game by a lot. I'm not saying KU's not going to compete in any games this season. I'm not saying that at all because they looked – there were some games. You know, Oklahoma at home in Lawrence, that one sticks out to me. You've got the game. Of course, you beat Texas Tech. You should have beat Texas on the road. I mean, literally, Dicker the kicker had to, you know, have a last-second field goal just for Texas to beat Kansas in Austin last season. So, I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to do good things this year. I'm, I'm really not saying that at all because they will. I I don't want to say Kansas is going to win a game in the Big 12, but, you know, they, they can win. They can, they can compete in games. I just don't think this is the time. If Spencer Sanders comes back, I don't see it happening. 55-3, to give me... Oklahoma State all day long in this matchup. That kind of wraps things up here on the show. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this episode. A lot of stuff to digest. I know we had a lot of stuff going on around the Big 12 last weekend. Some big upsets. I guess only one big upset. Um, Texas, of course, avoiding that one to Texas Tech, but still quite the weekend. Kansas State, how about those cats? They get it done. Um, If you're listening here from Go Power Cat, thank you so much. I'm sure you've you've been having the time of your life talking about this one on Wabash Station and, and really just you know, conversing with Kansas State fans um, about this win. It means a lot for the school. It means a lot for the program. You know, back-to-back wins over Oklahoma. What else can you ask for if you're a Kansas State fan? So, I mean, overall, that's kind of it for the show here. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, real quick here, follow us on Twitter, at 10of12podcast, whether you're listening from there on the original feed, um, if you're listening from Go Power Cat, either or. Um, you know, I really do appreciate your listenership, and hopefully this podcast can continue to grow. Um, Other than that, though, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 10 of 12 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.